In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Simile factum est renium celorum, omini regi, qui fecit nuptias filio suo. The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared the marriage of his son. My brethren, the Holy Scriptures hide very great mysteries underneath very simple words. The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared the marriage of his son. In this little verse of the scriptures, we can contemplate the great mystery of the incarnation of the Son of God. The King is God the Father, who from all eternity decreed the incarnation of His Son. And this incarnation of the Son of God can be called a marriage. Because in this mystery, the divine nature espoused the human nature. The incarnation is truly a marriage, indissoluble marriage between God and our humanity. So the King, who is God the Father, prepared the marriage of His Son. It means that He prepared the incarnation of His Son, that He might become a man in order to save us. And it is union of the divinity with the humanity in Jesus Christ is unique. In theology, it's called hypostatical union because in the unique person of the Son of God, we have the union of the divine nature with the human nature. One person, but the two natures. The Son of God became man without ceasing to be God. Venite ad nuptias. Come to the wedding. My brethren, we can see in the Holy Gospel the insistence of the King in inviting guests for the marriage of His Son. And this insistence shows the desire of God 
to have all men to participate in the mystery of the Incarnation. Even though only one individual human nature was chosen to be espoused hypostatically by the Son of God, yet the whole human nature is invited to take part in this wondrous mystery. In a different way, of course, not as the spouse, but as a guest. Each one of us is called to participate in this union between the humanity and the divinity. Each one of us is called, we are called in our humanity to be united with God. And the union of our humanity with God is accomplished by what we call grace, sanctifying grace. It is through grace that we can be united with God. It is through grace that we can participate in our own measure in the mystery of the Incarnation. And we know that we receive the grace of God through the sacraments of the Church. In this way, my brethren, the Gospel for today acquires a new dimension, a sacramental dimension. Even though all the sacraments unite us with God by the gift of grace, Yet, there is one special sacrament whose reason to be is to accomplish this union, communion with God. Dicite invitatis, ece prandium meum paravi. Tell the guests, that my meal is ready. My brethren, here the Gospel is talking about the Most Holy Eucharist. The Eucharist which is a true sacrifice offered to God, but which is also a sacrament given for us. Like the sacrifices of the Old Testament, when the victim would be sacrificed and its flesh given to the people. In the same way, in the New Testament, in the Holy Sacrifice, 
of the Mass. The Lamb of God is mystically sacrificed and His flesh given to us. In this meal, we eat His flesh and we drink His blood. And this is not a figure. This is the reality. And this is the meal that God has prepared for us. This is the wedding feast of the Son of God. In the sacrament of the Most Holy Eucharist, we have vere realiter ac substantialiter, truly, really, and substantially, the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Truly, He become our food. Truly, we receive in us His humanity. And through His humanity, we receive His divinity. It is through the humanity of our Lord that we come into communion with the divinity. The Father in Him and He in us. This is the beautiful reality of the Most Holy Sacrament. A sacrament of union, communion. A sacrament of love. <clears throat> However, we cannot silence we cannot silence about this strong warning that our Lord gives us in the gospel for today. We read that the king went to see the guests and he saw there a man who was not wearing the wedding garment. And the king ordered that man to be cast out of the wedding feast. My brethren, here the Holy Gospel makes clear that in order to receive Holy Communion, one must be garbed with the wedding garment. And this wedding garment is the grace of God. We must be guarded with the grace of God in order to approach the holy altar. It means that no one should dare to eat the body of our Lord Jesus Christ without the grace of God. 
No one should dare to eat the body of our Lord without the grace of God. Otherwise, one would be bringing judgment upon himself. So we needed to make it clear that if someone has committed a grave sin, he has to go to confession before going to communion. We must clean the house before receiving the Lord. Because love implies respect. So if someone is not prepared, he should not come for Holy Communion. So my dear brethren, let us be grateful for this most holy sacrament of the Eucharist. It is such a treasure, the most important treasure on earth and in heaven. Because this sacrament is not something, but it is someone. This sacrament is the Lord Himself really present among us. And He invites us to come to Him, to unite ourselves with Him. And this is the only thing that can bring our lives to completion, to real happiness. Communion with God. Nothing else can make us happy, truly happy. And I hope you know that receiving Holy Communion is not only a pious thought, but it is a commandment. We are obliged to receive communion at least once a year during Easter. This is what we call the Easter duty. But the will of the Church is that we come often to the sacrament because the sacrament gives us the strength we need in order to go on, in spite of all the trials and the difficulties we may have to face. This is the food that God has prepared for us in the desert of this life. Listen to his words. The bread I will give is my own flesh for the salvation of the world. My flesh 
is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. And unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you shall not have life in you. Who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has life everlasting, and I will raise him up on the last day. So let us strive to lead a holy life in order to be able to receive this most holy sacrament with a pure heart. Let us leave behind anything that could hinder us from approaching the holy altar. Because anything that is an impediment for us to be united with God is at the end an impediment to our own happiness and to our own completion in life and in eternity. Because if we live far away from God, if we don't care, we will be far away from Him in eternity. But if we are united with God in this life, we can be sure that we will be united with Him for all eternity. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.